It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday april 27th and you're listening to episode 413 i just reminded myself here uh because i've got julio on the phone here and julio uh said something about rob uh something very kind uh but anyways it made me think rob used to (laughs) screw that intro up like every other time and i'm pretty much just nailing it now always I feel pretty good about that. Anyways, it's the little, it's the small victories, Julio. Yeah, yeah, but I I know that the outro, you still got to work on that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fine. He was really good at the outro. It was the one thing he was good at, so it's cool. (laughs) I'm kidding. It's a joke. (laughs) So how's it going, Jason? Uh, You know, it is, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's okay. Things are okay. Uh, A lot of... A lot of home time, uh, doing a little design work here and there, um, but uh, a lot of home time that uh, I would rather not be spending at home all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I get it. There, there are some opportunities to to do some stuff outside. You know, uh, my wife and I last weekend we went on a hike. I saw that. Uh, yeah, to, uh, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. We went on a wilderness uh, hike, and it was like a four hour ordeal. And we went to the top of a mountain, and it was just the two of us and our dog. So it was definitely a nice uh, decompressing uh, feeling for sure. Because staying at home uh, for weeks at a time, it, it's it's definitely hard. Not not that that's not the case with me. For work, like I said last time, I do go out on the field to inspect projects and stuff. So, I, at least once or twice a week, I go out. <clears throat> so, so that's been that's been okay, I guess. Now, on not game design wise, I've uh, actually started playing some some video games because I, I, you know, I I used to play on and off, but I used to play video games a lot, and and I wanted to do something for fun um uh and and i started playing red dead redemption 2 on the playstation 4 yeah yeah so that's that's been that's been interesting because i played the the first one and and i enjoyed it a lot and that was you know five years ago probably and i had this one for a while and i just i want to take a crack at it but it is a game that is a long one so I've been playing a little of that, but I've been doing a lot of design stuff. Um, I one thing did happen that uh, you know last time I was on the podcast, I talked about uh, tabletop simulator and and ways to deal with uh, design when they're yeah. no, you know re- remotely, and and it was funny because I have a publisher that is looking at two of my games. They're in Europe. And and they uh, sent me an email saying that uh, I guess they were like reading the rules and asking some questions about the rules of a specific game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, actually, that was actually one of the games. Uh, it's called Medieval Market that I had put into Tabletop Simulator. And just you know, I just said on my email response back, you know, I I, I said you know corrected the whatever the rules question was, and and I said you know you know I have 
up recently uploaded the game to tabletop simulator if you'd be interested in, in trying it out together we can do that and since they are looking at two i'm like the second one that they're looking at is windmill island and that one is it has like a board and tile so i i thought the tabletop simulator would be a good medium for that so i'm like i'll pro I'll, i can probably if you are interested i can probably upload the other one and we can try that one out too and the person got back to me and they're like, uh, I downloaded Tabletop Simulator. I don't know how to use it, but I'm willing to try it. Awesome. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So so that was cool. I, I guess that was uh, a week ago. Uh, it's a six hour difference. So it was like 11 a.m. for me and 5 p.m. for them. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was a it was a two and a half hour call. We played uh, three games, actually, that I have uploaded to Tabletop Simulator. And it actually worked out really well. Um, one That's thing great. with Tabletop Simulator, yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing with Tabletop Simulator is that um, while it is a little fiddly sometimes with the way you play games, one thing that it does help a lot is in setup. Um, just having your games pre-set up uh, already on the table, and you can just reset if anything goes wrong. It, it's it's really really nice. Um, I also figured out that uh, the you can actually s switch the host to the person that's on the you know on the other line, and they can save the game for themselves. So oh, I didn't after realize the play that. Test, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the play test, uh, the person saved saved it and and they enjoyed it. So they actually got back to me this week and said uh, they they want to. Uh, because I had mentioned that I do have a, a physical prototype that I can send, and they said that we still we, we're still enjoying it. We played it a couple times, and and we want a physical uh, prototype. So I sent that out this week. So great, that's that's some good progress there. That is, congrats. Yeah, um, and I guess uh, another thing. Last I think last time did I tell you that I bought a three D printer? About the which one? Uh, that I bought a 3D printer. Yes, yes. So uh, I've been I've been dealing a lot a lot with that. So uh, I actually have a board game called the Dragon Forest, uh, and that one is with a publisher. And it it was a a game that I prototyped for the Haba Design Contest. Mm -hmm. So the prototype the the pieces were just hard to get. Because I got a lot of them from the from that uh, kit that they sent you, so I I said, well, uh, as a way to learn how to play, how to deal with the 3D printer and 3D design pieces and stuff like that, I'm gonna remake this whole prototype and just in the with with a 3D printed components, and and I did cool. it. I found a, a really good uh, app to design them, and and it took probably in printing time. It probably took like seven days, <laughs> continuously. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, because it, it was like a whole uh, pegged board and rings and the dragons and the treetop uh, treetop pieces. Uh, but now, you know, now I have a, a a full prototype that I just while I'm doing something else, that thing is printing in the background. Right. And I just have to, you know, whenever I have to like switch player colors, I just switch the filament, and then I go. So, it is definitely a good investment at this point. At this point, I mean, it's been a month since I got it, and I probably printed 
for maybe 25 days of those 30 days. Wow. That's good use out of it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, and it was, again, it was like $300 is the Ender 3 Pro. I definitely recommend it. So that, that is uh, one thing that I been working on. I learned about that tabletop simulator. And uh, one other thing that I learned was uh, Nandek. So Nandek is a program that a lot of designers have probably heard about and probably some of you use it. And it's very useful for printing multiple cards very fast. It if sure is. If you have a yeah. same layout of cards. And, and Do you use Nandek? Uh, I know how to use it. I haven't had to use it myself because uh, I was taught how to use it just before all this happened and I didn't really have anything I needed to make at the time. But yeah, Isaac uh, taught me how to use it. Uh, and it's brilliant uh, for um, being able to make decks of cards look pretty nice, um, really with not that much work. Yeah, yeah. And especially with, you know, it. right now I'm, I'm working on a lot of designs and some of them have a lot of cards and tiles. And like one of them has 130 cards, one has 110 tiles, one has 220 cards or something. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time, especially mm-hmm. when you're iterating on the designs. So I, I, I'm like, I'm going to have to learn this because it's taking a lot of my design time. And it's, and it's really getting a little frustrating with uh, at the point where, okay, I know what I need to change, but I have to change it on all of these cards. And it's going to take a lot of time. So I better do something different something quick that i can do now and i'm like leaving the the, this card changing stuff late for later and later Mm -hmm. so i decided to to do that so it's actually for y'all builders out there i search on youtube a tutorial and i there's one i'll have to search it uh by by the end of the episode i'll have it but it was a four-part series that took like a total 30 minutes. And it, it, it was a really intro series for Nandek. And from there, I got most of the basic stuff. And, and I definitely got 112 tiles in, in less than an hour. That would have taken me <laughs> probably 10 times that. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a good tool. So I, uh, and it's... Sounds like it's uh, with YouTube tutorials and stuff pretty easy to learn. I mean, like I said, Isaac walked me through it, and I was, I was really impressed by how not complex it was. So, um, and easy to pick up. Yeah, and the, the thing about it is that it has the whole scripting that you're putting, like supposedly code, but it is once you you can just do a copy paste of a code that you can find and just change things from there. And they have the visual editor that right. once you right. have a. A layout you can just change it and the code is automatically entered into the script which is so real it's cool not as hard yeah. as people think yeah yeah it, it's very visual i thought it that wasn't the case but it, it is it is so i'm excited about that so there's definitely uh no lack of things to to get done design wise i've definitely it's been non-stop for for the past couple of months it's just with everything that's going on mentally, it, it, it is a little draining that normal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so that's that I, I've been, I've been doing design, did some pitches. Um, it, it's going, it's going good at this point. I think I should, I'm going to start um, doing some pitch, like uh, I guess pitch emails 
and especially for the games that I do have on Tabletop Simulator and have that as an option uh, since it worked out so well with, with this last uh, week with this peach pitch. I think that that is something that designers that do use Tabletop Simulator could could think about doing. Absolutely, absolutely. So with everything that's going on right now uh, and people doing remote playtesting and all that, I do feel that th that may shift the the types of games that we will see in, in two years' time to a lot of card-based and tile-based games. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of my games are are so components and uh, and physically based that that is definitely not something that it can easily be done on on tabletop simulator. Right. So hard, yeah. hard to pitch those dexterity games. <laughs> yeah. So we may not see a lot of them, but that may be the case. Why you may want to start pitching, uh, designing some some dexterity games. So you heard it here first, folks. You want to get out there and you want to design some dexterity games. Julio promises you'll get published if you do that. But enough about that. <laughs> Let's talk about a topic. What did you bring today, Julio? Well, it is uh, another topic that may be uh, uh, topical to what's going on in the sense of uh, people are staying at home a lot more. And I guess uh, there is maybe some blockage going on mentally on 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 you know that uh getting those creative juices flowing and and one of the things that i've been doing lately is revisiting shelf designs so the topic that i wanted to bring was bringing back a spark in those shelf designs how how can we take those designs that at some point we worked on them so much but then we thought uh, i guess we're blocked and now how, yeah. how can we bring a spark back to them when we're blocked, right? Um, so the reason because uh, I wanted to talk about this is, uh, like I said, I've been doing this. One of the things, and I'm just going to start it off with uh, one of the games that I r really enjoyed when I first started that I designed. It was called Hunted, A Race for Survival. It was a worker placement racing game. Um, and, and this game is kind of the first games that, um, I actually have after months and uh, even I think years too, somebody contacted me and said, Hey, I really enjoyed this game. Where's it at? And, and I'm like, well, it was shelved at that time. And, and it is one of those games that people have asked me about. And one of the things that I decided to do with that specific game, because I, I think it had a lot of potential, especially, the the merge of weird mechanics right worker placement and racing and right. and in this yeah right and and in this specific game the the workers were actually had had different stats so they weren't meeples or anything so they were cards um and that's one thing i liked a lot and and so what i decided to do is actually bring somebody else to the design and I, you know, being part of the game designers in North Carolina, uh, Matt Wolf, he has had some published uh, racing games. And I'm like, uh, hey, Matt, I'm, I'm, I, let's play this game. And if you are interested in maybe following up the design with me, uh, then, then let's do it. And after we played it, he was interested. And it's been, it's been probably uh, more than a year since that happened so it is a slower process but one thing i did like was 
that I had brought it to a certain point and I just wanted him to run with it and see what he could come up with. And he tried out a lot of different things. But uh, ultimately, he ended up changing a lot of things. And I was okay with that because I was blocked into the sense of I don't know what else to do with it to bring it to a higher level. Right. And it may not be to a level that we want it right now, but it is definitely getting there to by by making all these changes and trying out different things that I wouldn't have thought about unless bringing somebody else. So that is one thing, you know, bringing somebody else to a design that they may bring a, a new set of tools to the table. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And uh, bringing back shelf designs is a thing that, you know, I think we as designers, we all, most of us, I won't say all, but most of us try to come back to designs, right? But it can be hard to, you know, there has to be, I feel like there has to be some sort of shift to get there, right? And that's either you've had a mental shift where as a designer, you've, you've grown or you've learned some new tricks that might help or you've just kind of taken a different perspective towards game design. Uh, not that it's better or worse, it's just that it's different. Um, or bringing in a co-designer is also another good way to do that. It, the trick is, of course, finding someone that's going to be the right um, the right fit for that specific project. Um, that's going to kind of understand what you're looking for with the game, but then also understand how to run with it, right? And turn it into something that you were stuck on. Yeah, yeah, and and I like that you brought in the after you learn new skills because another example that I was gonna bring in uh, was uh, climbing for coconuts, which was the game that got second place in the Korea Board Games Design Contest last year, and and that one the theme was to use the coconuts theme game. So you uh, and I tied it a lot to that theme. So after I got second place, it didn't get a, a publishing offer. So I'm like, I'm stuck with this awesome game because it's one of those games that when I was uh, in during Christmas, my, my nephews were here and my niece wanted to play it constantly, constantly. And I actually wanted <laughs> to play something else because she just wanted to play it so much, right? Uh, and, and I'm like, it's such a good game, but it's so tied to the coconuts theme because you're using the catapulting co- uh, monkeys and stuff. And I'm like, I, there's no way I can, right, I can right. do anything with this. So, so that's another thing. Now that I learned uh, with uh, playing around with the 3D printer, I've actually been meddling with doing a, a redesign. So, this is something that I, I may I, I may bring back on the on pitching the game or, or uh, I, I what do we call it the practicing the pitch? Yeah, the the, the pitch anyway. But uh, I've actually been thinking about doing a redesign um, for that on the theme. So because now that I have the 3D printed components, I can do some other stuff that I couldn't do before. Yeah, no, that certainly makes a difference and adds a new perspective. You know, I know that there are some games I've gone back to multiple times that have never turned into something that I wanted them to. Um, but there are other ones where I've been able to go back and, you know, make changes. And even if it's not something that gets published, something that I'm, I'm happier with as a game, right. Um, that I'm able to kind of take to a new thing. Um, and I've relied heavily when I'm stuck on shelf designs of going to a co-designer and saying, Hey, I don't know what to do with this idea. Can you make it better? Um, and that's worked (laughs) pretty well for me. Um, because a lot of times it's, it's just about having somebody with a different perspective take a look at it. 
yeah. uh, to help do something with it. That is, um, yeah, that is important. Yeah, it, it's really the, the important thing is because it sounds like, oh, we're just going to talk to somebody and they're going to do every, everything that needs to be done. No, right? It's about bouncing off ideas because when you're blocked, nothing's coming out of your mind, right? So then somebody, you ask somebody to, you know, pitch in some ideas and then you're like oh well what about this and just there's there's that interaction back and forth of ideas and it starts flowing better and better so so yeah i mean bringing somebody else is definitely a a a great way to do it but uh, another one is it's just as simply as with everything that you've done up to this point with other games you're constantly thinking of ways to making specific games that you're working on better and, and at some point, you may just get an idea that may fit on a, a game that, that you've shelved. And, and sometimes, how many times, and we've said this before, ideas are a diamond in a dozen, right? How many times we've had, had some great ideas for games that they just don't fit? And we're like, we're just going to write them somewhere. And we don't even make the connection of how this idea that I just thought of could be used in a game that I've... Uh, shelved so just if you have a a design uh, notebook or anything just go back to that and start reading those ideas and and that may just link what you really need to to bring that design back yeah as you said that so i I occurred to me that in my desk i had a um i had a uh i have this old like notebook full of ideas and I haven't looked at it in years and I'm just flipping through now and seeing like most of these games never happened trying to see if there's any that did some of these games should never have happened yep that was bad one uh (laughs) that one was not great um yep that one didn't do anything I did work on a game for that for a while uh, that was no good. Um, oh, kids! I'm sorry, game. Jason. You're gonna just get, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that all the games that you were working no, on were bad. You no, know, here's well, these are ideas too, right? Like you you write down ideas. Uh, kids game yeah. about a snowball fight. Uh, that was the oh. first time I ever wrote down the idea that turned into water balloon washout. Um, there you go. Rap battles word game that turned into the beat on the street, which was terrible. Um, it was actually kind of fun. Uh, I was looking if there was anything else. Uh, yeah, no, nothing else that's like uh come out of this. I um. Uh, yeah. So a lot of the stuff was like, I'm putting down um. Uh, putting down like different ideas, and I always say that like there's no bad idea. Um, I have a lumberjack game in here that I did actually make. It was quite fun. It just never found a publisher. Uh, it was one of those games that was too small for most publishers, but too big for like a button shy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. a twenty card game. <laughs> no, it was like a, it was like a thirty six card game. So it was like two button shy games put together, but you needed the thirty six cards to make it play. And it's one of those games where I should actually look back. Because I probably could find a way to um, to turn it into something uh, now that I could probably make it fit to 18 cards is my guess. Um, just because I've learned so much as a designer. Um, and I'm sure there's things I could do to make it work. Uh, but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and and right now what you just did, I think is is something that we could all do. Uh, just sit down and go through all those notes. It doesn't matter how stupid they may seem, but there may be just a little nugget there that is all you need to to be that catalyst to to start that design or or bring back that old design. Um, it, right. It's just again. Again, it, it, it is one of those options that you may have to, to spark some ideas. And another one, and I did talk about uh, Emwe, EMW3, uh, oh, my yeah, game yeah. last time I was yep. on the podcast. So, um, so that is one that I've been, like I said, I was meddling so much with that design because it was so simple. I, I like playing it a lot, but it just needed a little something. And, and I knew, and I focused on this specific uh, tile, and I said, this section of that tile needs to be used. It is just too simple that it, it needs to be used in some way, but it doesn't make the game more complex. So it is one of those things that you may just have to think about it for a while, and even if you get frustrated, just stop for a while and come back to it. Because that that is what happened with that specific game. Uh, it took me probably a year to get back to it. But every so often, I always thought about that design and I focus on the same thing that I thought was going to be the solution. Um, and it, I'm not going to say it was, but the ga- I think the game is definitely better uh, now that it, that it was. And, you know, once things settle down and I can start pitching it around, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And, um, you know, one of the things you said that I think really resonates with me and probably with a lot of the builders is you may need to come back to the design multiple times over years, even sometimes. And that's okay, right? Um, Because, again, ideas are a dime a dozen, right? And and we can always have new ideas. And there's always going to be the shiny new idea. Anyways, you're going to be drawn to. But, um, you know, coming back to those ideas working at them, putting them back away. There's nothing wrong with that because sometimes that, you know, multi-year process ends up turning into a really good game. Other times it ends up turning into a big learning experience you're never going to do anything with. And that both of those are okay things. Um, I don't think there's a, there's a wrong side of it other than just not doing anything, right? <laughs> That's not great, but yeah. Yeah, and I guess one thing that I'm really bad at because a lot of my design process happens so fast in my mind. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. And then I don't even write it. But just writing down uh, your thought process, that I think that can help a lot, even though I don't do it. But I think it, it can in the sense of just documenting that and, and following a string line of thoughts, right? Um, and and if you if you have that to go back on and revisit... So you, because sometimes you may have an idea and then think, oh, that's not going to work, but don't even write it down, even though it may be a good idea for something else, right? Um, Right. And sometimes we're not even in a position to be able to write. uh, And and, and that's why I think having some, I know there are some good apps for note-taking that none come to mind right now. Oh, I know, Otter. Otter is one that I've started using, Otter as in the animal. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great app for, I use it for meetings to do play, uh, play testing, I guess, um, feedback. Uh, it actually records the audio and it transcripts it into, into text. So interesting. That's a, yeah, that's a good app for that. Again, just, just 
write down your 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 thoughts on on any moment that you can if you're if you have the ability to do so yeah one of the pieces of advice i heard a writer talk about and he's a writer and a speaker and uh he talked about how he has three notebooks that he carries around with him all the time um, one of them is his writing journal where he'll put down ideas for books and stuff, things he's working on, take notes. Um, another one is for like personal like notes and journaling stuff for when he needs to think about things. And then another one is this bright orange one. I think it was bright orange or bright yellow and it's his idea book and nothing is too stupid to be written in that book. Right. Um, and so mm-hmm. any random straight thought he has, even if it's super dumb, he writes it down. Because those ideas, and he said, have turned into some great things. A lot of them just get thrown away and they're fun to go back and read and chuckle at how dumb they were, right? But like the idea that um, in the end, sometimes you end up with something worthwhile. And that is, that's, you know, that's where the good stuff comes from. You know, those random ideas, because sometimes writing those down you end up thinking, oh, wait, this is dumb on its own, but what if I did this and turned it on its head and now it's better? And, you know, um, yeah. And the, the other thing, uh, if I can go on for a second here, the other thing that I think is important is take your current headspace where you are now, right? And reassess games with that. Um, a point in case, I, I've had some random ideas in my head uh, for games that I haven't really done anything with. And then I heard about this, there was a contest going on, and it was specifically designed for remote games, um, uh, remote role-playing games specifically. And and this idea I had um, suddenly became like very. It was perfect to submit for this, so I'm I'm finishing that up, and I'm real stoked about it. And it probably won't win or place or do anything, but that doesn't matter. Like I'm excited about this idea because of the limitations of it requiring you to have to play remotely. Um, and uh, so, so anyways, that is, yeah. um, that's, you know, that happens because, yeah, because I, I took a look at it with my current headspace, right? Which is, which is honestly not an awesome place to be, right? I mean, I'm frustrated, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm, I'm all the things most of us are, right? Um, I'm tired, I'm exhausted all the time, always Yeah, tired. but you bring, you bring a good point. You bring a good point because... I think we are definitely all in a state of mind that we're not usually at, uh, at least one one point of it. And using that to your advantage is definitely something that we, we would like to do. Again, if we're not in this situation where, okay, we can't go out, we're in a different headspace that, than ever. So let's use this for, to our advantage, right? If, if, uh, if something like this comes up, an opportunity for you to have those restrictions and want to use that your state of mind right now and focus that into design, then that's great. I mean, that, that is usually, that's how, how good things come out usually. And, and at the very least, it does help you out of that negative situation. Right. Right. You know, I, I heard in an, uh, in a, in a, it was actually, I think a medium article, and I don't know if this term has been used anywhere else, but it was used in this article and referred to what's happening right now, not by the fact that it's a pandemic or that all these things are happening, but what they called it was the great pause. Um, and it's yep. a time when when the world has kind of had to just stop. Um, and nature's noticed. The earth has noticed. Um, people have noticed. Um, but it, it really does put you in a different mindset 
um, that helps you think about things differently. And and even if even if that mindset is not as excited or as happy as you normally are, um, it, it still forces your brain to work slightly differently. And I think does allow for some creative output that you would not have normally been able, you know, been capable of, or thought you were capable of. Um, so, so I think that's important and, you know, you might as well use it to your advantage. Uh, it's also understandable if you're having trouble focusing on designing. I know I am. Um, I, the only things I'm designing right now are either with co-designers or specifically for this contest because they're the only things that excite me even a little bit about game design. Um, I have Mm -hmm. a signed game that I'm going to start working with a publisher on. It's been delayed. Shocker, right? Uh, As most games have. Uh, So, um, you know, and it was never announced as to when it would come out. I just knew what the plan was. And now I know that that's probably not the plan. Um, But we're going to make some more progress on it. And that's cool uh, because it's somebody else I can work with and talk to and, uh, and, you know, see uh, or hear, see a face or hear a voice that's not in my house right now. Um, and that's kind of cool because there's a lot of that, you know, just people in your house stuff. So, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. And one last thing I would want to say is that the, the option may be just to step away for a moment, you know, just, just do something else, something that's unrelated to game design. Uh, just leave the notebook, leave the game on the side and just do something else that may, may just reinvigorate you in a different way and like for example if you like reading books read a book if you like playing video games uh, like i did you know i haven't played video games in a while and i'm like i think it's time i you know play a game or two uh just kind of a way to decompress and and that is all you may need right because doing stepping out of that routine because right now i think (laughs) It, we're, we all feel like we're in a in a routine that is just the same and the days are blended together. And it, it even though it's a great pause, I do feel like the days are just going faster than normal because <laughs> they're, they're just uh, everything's every day is just the same and I can't tell them apart. Right. Um, right. So if I can do anything that just sets me out of that, that, uh, you know, monotony of of just doing the same thing over and over, then that may just be enough to to push me in the right direction, right? Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, to break up those days, one of the tools I've been using is, so my days are pretty much shot, right? Like during the day, I'm, I'm teaching the kids, I'm helping the kids, I'm working with the kids. Um, and so at night is when I have time to do more stuff, right? I'll, I'll do a little work during the day, but most of it's at night. So I've purposely been trying to schedule calls and video chats with people and podcast recordings three to four nights a week um, because mm-hmm. that breaks the monotony of it. Um, that said, yes. and this is important, um, you have to be willing to say to those people, uh, I can't, I just, I just can't tonight. I just do not have it in me. And uh, obviously it's hard to do that for the podcast uh, because we have a schedule to keep. So uh, that one, I usually never push unless it was absolutely dire. Um, but like Monday, yeah, I you have the streak too, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, we have 413 episodes as of you listening to this. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's a streak I hate to lose. Um, mark my words, I would find a way to put something up. So, um, yeah. But anyways, uh, long story short, um, it's it's worthwhile to have that breakup of monotony. But again, don't be afraid to just say, hey, you know what? 
Um, no, I can't. Uh, I can't do it this week. I I had a meeting with Neil. We were going to go over some stuff on Monday, and I just said I can't do it today. And he said I understand, <laughs> and so we didn't. We'll meet next week, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. I think this was a this it was a, a good one. At least have our uh, the builders just think about what they can do in this in this situation and and just let you all know that there's always something you can do and at the same time maybe there's you don't have to do anything regarding that right just just do what you need to do to stay healthy mentally physically and spiritually that's that's kind of the the three big ones there yeah and indeed that's all we want from from y'all here yep and i i think that um you know, I just for the builders, I, I want to be clear. We're not trying to like have everything happening, just monopolize every show. I and mean, we, we've hit on it on every single episode uh, of late. Um, but it's because I don't know how not to. Um, it's having such a big effect on our lives that it's it's hard to not talk about it. And, it, you know, if you're looking for this podcast just for escapism, I'm sorry, because we're 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 a documentary podcast. We're really bad at providing escapism, um, because we live in the real world and we're documenting that. So, um, so I guess that's our excuse for that. Uh, <laughs> but I I hope I sincerely hope that you're okay with that, um, as listeners, and that you uh, are feeling okay about that. Um, but we would love to hear your suggestions and your stories about what's going on. I've been trying to have more just guest hosts on, um, who are not, uh, normally on the show. We've had, uh, Matthew Hawker. We had Mark McGee last week, uh, begrudgingly yeah. from the game designers in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they just released a new episode. And if you want to, if you like what you hear with Ma- with Mark, yeah, they just had a, a new one about mean games. If you nice. if you definitely want to bring them on, he's uh, <laughs> he's got quite the voice. Uh, he was very interesting to hear talk to. It was very soothing, very soothing. So, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. A, a, again, I, I think I think this is this is good, especially for for builders out there, because we get to go th- through this with you all together, right? It's not all rainbows right. and butterflies. Right, right. But there is, there is still, uh, we still have, uh, I guess, our our monotony in the sense of, okay, we have our topic, and now we have our pitch. Yes, pitch away, sir. Pitch away. So the word I was uh, thinking about earlier was workshopping. So I like to do the workshopping, and before I do that, I did promise the the builders that the. The Nandek resource that I used was um, Intro to Nandek, and it's four parts, and it's by Streamlined Gaming. It's a really good one. Again, all four parts take less than 30 minutes, I think. So if you're thinking about doing it, I think right now is the time. So my game that I wanted to workshop with you a bit, Jason, is, I mentioned it earlier, is the Climbing for Coconuts game that I submitted to Korea Board Games last year. So in this specific game, you would use, and have you ever played Coconuts? Uh, No, but I have seen your game played at a con, at Origins, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I remember. That That was quite a hood doing that there. Some people were very excited about playing that game. Um, 
so with this one, you're uh, for those that you don't that don't know, uh, coconuts have this uh, these monkeys that are catapults. There's these monkeys that are have their hands that they use as catapults, and you're trying to get them into into cups with these little uh, plastic coconuts that they use. So in this game, I actually use the same monkeys and coconuts, so it's still a catapulting game. But I I used the box and I created a board that had holes in it. And the outer holes were bigger than there was some uh, inner holes that were smaller. And then there was one little hole in the middle that that one extended into a pole that was a palm tree. Uh, I, I, I guess it was a banana tree. Uh, not a banana tree, I'm sorry, uh, a coconut tree. And, and it had like these leaves standing out from the top. So it's actually, it's very impressive to look at. And it was very fun to play because in this game, you're basically trying to climb the coconut tree and make it to the, to the leaves. And once you get through coconuts, you win. But how do you do that? On your turn, you take a coconut and there's 36 coconuts. So when all 36 coconuts are used, that may trigger the end game. But... You mm -hmm. can also win by getting three monkeys to the top. And you just do the catapulting thing. And if a coconut gets to the outer uh, holes, that's a one. If it's in the middle holes, that's a two. And the cool thing was that the palm, the coconut tree, it was a, it was a tube. So the top of the coconut tree was its own hole. So if you could get it up there, that was a three. And you got like a bonus coconut for that. So so that was very exciting uh, to do on that one. And basically, the one, two, or three means how much you get to climb up the, the tree. And the tree had little uh, foot uh, handholds. And you had these little monkeys that you would yeah, put you had up the and up. Barrel of monkeys, monkeys. Right? I remember those were in that. And I was like, where, where were those in the game? That's why. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so so obviously having those monkeys climbing the tree, you could knock other people's monkeys, you can knock your own monkeys. And if the monkeys fall into the hole, that gives you a point to climb as well. Uh, so that, that was fun of it. And, and now, if you miss, because you're using, this is all set up inside the box, right? So it had a lip on the outside. So coconuts could just go over and not fall in the box and that would just be reused however if they went on the box but they didn't go through a hole they just stayed there and the cool thing about using a tube uh was that the the border was only supported on that tube and it would actually wobble it would actually wobble so if you hit the board right you could knock other coconuts that have been left there on the board ah it was, it was, I mean, it is a, a great design, but the main thing why the game didn't win was the production factor. And hearing that from Korea board games, that that's kind of what they do, it is something that I'm like, well, it's obviously not going to go anywhere as it is <laughs> right. now. If the people who are used to making games like that say, this is too hard to produce, you're like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, but but it, there is still something there. So what I alluded earlier in the podcast with this design was since I started doing the 3D printing, one theme that I wanted to change this game to was like uh, using catapults. So kind of like a medieval castle theme or a tower kind of like uh, on the middle, the, instead of the palm tree, you wouldn't have the leaves, which was another production thing. You would just have a tower. 
a tower, a castle tower, and and then you would be using real like little catapults and throwing rocks at the at the tower. Mm-hmm. And I think. I, and at this point, I'm kind of split between: Is it are, what are you trying to do? What is your objective? So, are you trying to rescue a prince or a princess, or are you trying to stop the people from climbing up the tower and claiming the tower type deal? So, one thing for sure is that I did um, actually find a, a catapult on Thingiverse. I use uh, Thingiverse to find a lot of 3D designs and then I can modify them uh, to whatever it is I need. And I found a little catapult and, and I 3D printed it and it uses like an elastic band to to do the, the, the thing. So I actually have a, a prototype catapult that I've been playing around with and I have to change it to be able to give it the right uh, elevation and all that. But again... I, I, at this point, I am still undecided of what is the objective of the game. It still has the same, you know, the theme is just kind of, you're, you're sieging, it's like a siege, right? Uh, so you have that tower in the middle and you're trying to climb up to the top of the tower to claim the, the castle or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I was trying to think of a, yeah, I was trying to think of other theme options and that's, it's hard. I mean, there's, uh, that's the, it's just, that one feels so like, well, obviously this works, you know? Um, yeah. And huh. So here's the thing. I just, well, well, I was, I just had this idea. So you know how I was using the outer box, the lip to keep the, the coconuts in. What if, you know, you have like a, like a printed, uh, castle on the outside and you have different levels of a castle. So you have like the outer and then the inner, whatever were the holes, right? It's going to be another castle formation and then the tower in the middle. So it's going to look like a castle from the outside and it is harder and harder to get it into those lips instead of having holes instead, maybe they're lips. So it's kind of like strips instead of holes. So maybe there could be more, more of them. I don't know. Just kind of, at this point, I'm just kind of spitting out ideas. But I think that's something. I think that sounds. I think that would look really interesting. And if you were able to do it with just the box, that should make production easier. So yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, and I guess again, the production was a was a big deal here. So I'm I got rid of the 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 tree leaves, right? That was a big one there. And then the the handholds was another one. So if I could just instead of making it uh like a platform, I could just make it like a hand uh like a hole that you just put your little pieces in there. That could work as well. And maybe yep. whatever it is that you're using to climb, that could be something simpler as well. If you could have it be mm-hmm. um, something like a card or something, I, I think that could work as well. So, just some some ideas there. I think I, I, I this is what what I was talking about, right? So I'm I'm talking through this design with you, and I'm just getting ideas. So I'm I'm excited to keep working on it now. So. Right, and the idea that you have the 3D printer opens up the options that you could make your own components and not have to rely on the coconut monkeys or the coconuts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is great. So, excellent. No, I think this is uh, this is one that I look forward to seeing again someday uh, when we can see people and go places again. It'll be exciting. Yep. 
Uh, but no, th- a game like that is a riot at a convention for sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if any of you builders out there have any recommendations uh, or thoughts on it, just hit me up. Awesome. Anything else you want to say before I do this end show business that I'm so bad at? Um, not really. And again, just uh, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and and keep going. Uh, this uh, agreed. There'll there'll be a shift soon. <laughs> true, true. So. All right. Well, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to Building Game Podcast, uh, buildinggamepodcast.com. You can screwed it up already. Nice. Let's just do it again. If you <laughs> want to get in touch with us, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call us at 770-TELL-BTG. You can find us on the Twitter at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerland, and Julio is... At Junazaru, J-U-N-A-Z-A-R-U. And you can also give us five-star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, Google Play, and all the other cool places where you can find us. Plus, find us on Facebook. Until next time, good night. Buenas noches. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email.